What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome, everybody, to part two of our running backs preview. Adam, Dave, and Jamie here. We are going to have a fun show. We're going to go through average draft position, one through a million, and tell you who we like and tell you who we don't like. We're going to give you some fun facts about running backs. Very, very fun stuff. Um, We're going to maybe look at our pick-by-pick series and see if we structured our rosters properly at the running back position. But, guys, let's wish Dalvin Cook a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Dalvin Cook. Um, Dave, what would you like to wish Dalvin Cook for his birthday? I wish him good health and uh, 30 total touchdowns in 2022. (laughs) That would be nice. And, Jamie, this is a scary fantasy birthday for Dalvin Cook. He just joined the 27 and older club, which includes Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler, Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott, and James Conner. Fun fact, Jamie, it is not good to be 27 uh, 27 years old and play running back. Why is that? Uh, I azer-statted it. It's after August 1st. You're fine. If you turn 27 after August 1st. Oh. Um, the last six years, there hasn't been a running back that's 27 or older finished as a top five PPR running back. So that's a scary group when you have Eckler and Henry and Cook, uh, three guys who are probably going to be drafted in the top five. The last top five running back, 27 or older, was LaShawn McCoy. 2016, he was 28. Fun fact number wait, two. Wait, wait, wait. Do you have that stat for, like, top 10? No. How many running backs who are 27 or older finished top 10? 
No. Honestly, some of those running backs you mentioned, I'd be okay if they finished top 10. Sure. I'd be okay if Fournette finished top 10. But you know what? How but you wouldn't many, be okay if Eckler and Henry and, and Cook are... I'd be a little disappointed eight, nine, if they finished top 10, but I, I, I don't think it would be the end of my fantasy season. I didn't get to talk about this on yesterday's show, but this is a, a, maybe a transition period at the running back position. The guys that we've relied on year after year are getting older, and we'll see what happens this year. But uh, how many years can I run off a list like that of running backs who are 27 or older and are being drafted in the first two rounds? Not all of them are, but it's just it's just kind of an older year for the running backs that we've relied on for a while. All right. Well, hopefully you can do it next year, too, <laughs> the same group. That'd be, that'd be great. Uh, fun fact, in That's his career— That's in Dynasty, though. Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny has seven career games with 12 or more carries. He has scored in every one of those games at least once. He has he has rushed for 108 or more yards in six of those seven games. He has averaged 7.7 yards per carry in those seven games. Four of them did come at the end of the 2021 season, but whenever this guy's gotten work, Rashad Penny has been awesome. Dave, I think you said you make him part of your late strategy uh, at running back mid round strategy, not even you're not going to get him late. I think everybody recognizes the, the risk and the reward with Rashad Penny, but they, they like the reward. And I, I like adding him to my team. I, I put the periscope up for him starting in round seven and it goes, that goes double. If I, if I go zero RB because I'll, I'll or hero RB because I need a running back just to help me get off to a good start in the season. Seattle's schedule, the first four weeks, I think it's the fourth best based on my projections. That includes two games, one against the Lions, one against the Falcons. Those are defenses I'm just not sure are going to be great at stopping the run. And Pete Carroll has made no secret about it. He loves Rashad Penny, compared him to Gale Sayers, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I I don't know how many games he's going to have with 20 touches because Kenneth Walker's there. But uh, from what I've been told, they both look good in camp. Okay. Uh, Fun fact number three. Alvin Kamara was on pace for more total yards than Austin Eckler. Don't have to do much with that, but the touchdowns were obviously a huge difference there. Fun fact: I think there are some serious misconceptions on Eckler or, or on Kamara, Kamara. Rather, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, we'll get into that. I know you you like him. Seems like I you're a high guy. Uh, fun fact number four: Pro Football Focus has the Titans' offensive line ranked 27th in their rankings that they released. Before training camp, they lost two good run block blockers from last season's line. This had been a strength for Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans. It might be a weakness this year. Jamie, do you care about that offensive line for the Titans? It's not great. <laughs> you know, I mean, you obviously don't want to have a bad offensive line. Um, it's not going to really sway my opinion of Henry. You know, he's a mid first round pick in PPR. He's a higher pick in the first round in non and half PPR. You know what you're getting at this point is he if he stays healthy he'll be a great fantasy running back. If he gets hurt or the offensive line is that bad, then you know you just have to take your lumps. But you know if if you're buying into Derrick Henry, you should be you know comfortable taking him as early as sixth overall. And Henry has had I believe 18 to 19 catches three straight years, but he did that in 10 games last year. So maybe some hope that he can get closer to 25 something, maybe 30. Who knows? But um, he was number one per game last year. Uh, let's get another fun fact here. Ezekiel Elliott, in the last 12 games of the 2021 season, including one playoff game, Ezekiel Elliott, this is mind-blowing, had one carry of more than 13 yards. It was in Week 18 against Eagles backups, and it was a 26-yard run. 
He was so bad in his last 12 games. Meanwhile, Tony Pollard has had as many or more 20-plus yard carries in each of the last three seasons as Zeke, despite having 465 fewer carries in that stretch. Dave, is Zeke done, or was he just playing hurt? Because he was a star in the first five games of the year. I think it's a combination of the two. I think he's on his way to being done. If he can squeeze out one more good year, I think this is it. I think the Cowboys know it. But I, I do think he was affected to a degree by the knee injury. But what's his excuse for two years ago? He wasn't particularly explosive there uh, two years ago. Pollard was better than well, no, Zeke. Oh, maybe that could be part of it too. So, yeah, you could line up excuses for him. Pollard is the more explosive player. And the reason why I think this matters is because the coaches want explosive players on the field. That there, There's a time and a place for a running back who can consistently gain four or five yards. But the coaches want a guy who can also not only do that, but get you some breakaway runs, and Pollard can do that. I would imagine that we'll see plenty of Pollard this year to the tune, maybe 10 touches per game. We've been talking about that for a long time. I think that does happen this year. But I think Zeke can still have a role in that offense, and I think they will continue to trust him uh, when they need a touchdown. So short yardage situations, that's somebody that can help come through there. You can't rule out double-digit touchdowns for Zeke, but you might have to rule out 1,300 total yards. 30th overall for Zeke. How's that sound? I'm drafting him a little bit later than that, and I'm okay with it. Fourth round at the earliest. All right, last fun fact here. Elijah Mitchell played 11 games last year. He had more games with 17 or more carries than Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson combined for in the last five seasons. They used him as a workhorse that you just did not see, but we do not expect that to continue in San Francisco this year for Elijah Mitchell. Quick ADP check on Elijah Mitchell. Uh, 49th overall. I never see him go that early in our draft, so I have a feeling you would not take Elijah Mitchell 49th overall, guys. What do you think about that for Elijah Mitchell, 49th? I think based on everything you're hearing, first off, just in terms of we might not see that again, they they love him. I mean, you know, they, they are treating him as their lead back. You know, this isn't an indication... This isn't a situation where, you know, they drafted, you know, Tyrion Davis-Price and Jeff Wilson's back and they're not going to use Mitchell. But I think clearly they're concerned about Mitchell, who met, had missed six games last year with a variety of injuries. And can he hold up over the course of a full season? You know, so um, when you factor in Trey Lance and you factor in Debo Samuel and then you factor in, you know, additional bodies at the running back position, part of the reason why he had that work last year was because Mostert was not there and Wilson was not 100% and they didn't trust Sermon, who also missed time. So Sermon looks better. Wilson's back. Addition of Davis Price. Lance running. Debo still there. 49 is too soon, but he's not somebody you should completely run away from. But if you get him at the right price, for me, it's round six. I know I'm never going to get him round six, but round six is where I would look for Mitchell. Do you think his ADP is being gamed to, to be 49 since he's on the 40? No, probably not. All right, let's move on here. <laughs> Uh, we got a lot to tell you about. By the way, here's an Azer stat for you. Always crazy, but always fat. If you include Debo Samuel as a running back last year, the 49ers running backs have had 17 to 19 rushing touchdowns in each of the last three seasons. That is a massive number. Might go down this year with Trey Lance. I can't Lance wait for you to Azer stat that to include Trey Lance. <laughs> yeah, well, Debo was doing it as a running back, but yes, I, that, I think Trey, Trey Lance only had one rushing touchdown last year, I believe, so... You know, that's running another, plays, another design running plays. They scored 28 touchdowns <laughs> last year. Uh, listen, we got some things to promote, including our draft a thon. 
hammering out the final date. Um, it's going to be later this month at the end of the month of August. Tell you all about that when we know everything. But it's an amazing event. It's going to be our fifth year doing it. We're going to raise a ton of money for St. Jude, and we need you to be a part of it. Uh, you can donate to St. Jude right now. We have an eBay store. We're going to have Thomas Schaefer, our new producer, Schaefer T. We're going to have him send you, put a link in the uh, YouTube chat right now. I'm going to put a link in the episode description for you audio listeners. Uh, audio listeners, a little redundant. And um, you can click on it and bid on things like Dave and Jamie and Heath helping you with your draft with a pre-draft phone call. You can bid on a spot on this FFT podcast. You can bid for a spot in the podcast league. There are so many amazing things. Please be part of this draft-a-thon. Help us raise money for St. Jude. Um, We'd really, really appreciate it. Also, watch CBS Sports HQ on the CBS Sports app or on Paramount+. Plus. It is streaming 24-7. It is smart sports coverage, fantasy coverage, gambling, and live noon Eastern every Monday through Friday for the rest of the season, plus Sunday mornings during the, during the season. Fantasy Football Today, hosted by Jamie. Uh, check it out on CBS Sports HQ. All right, I did want to do this quickly. I don't want to, I don't want to dilly dally too much, as I'm I'm interested to get into the ADP and see who you guys like and who you don't like. But we did a pick by pick series, and we're gonna display it here on YouTube. And let's go ahead. I'll I'll. Oh, sorry. Um, I'm gonna add that to the stream in a moment. But I want to just go through the six teams that we drafted. We had two teams each in a 12 team PPR three receiver league. And yes, we talked about it yesterday. Most CBS leagues, and it seems like most leagues out there, are two receiver leagues, but that's okay. Let's see, how did we build our running backs? Did we do a good enough job? Just to give you a little bit more guidance for strategy before we get into ADP. So Jamie, you had the first overall pick in a 12-team league. Again, full PPR. Actually kind of interesting, you took two guys who aren't PPR standouts with your first and 24th pick. Um, but talk about how you built your running backs, and if you're happy with it, um, go for it. Do you, or do you need me to read it to you? I'm sorry. No, no, I have it. Okay. Um, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm very happy with it. You know, I, I think the way that I approached this was um, Nick Chubb is a good value at the end of round two uh, still, you know, or, or beginning of round three, however you want to you know, define it. Um, I kind of had the expectation of I was going to lean heavy on receiver next, which I did for my next four picks. But uh, to come away with Taylor, Chubb, Sanders, and Stevenson, um, knowing that I have two starters, don't have to play running back at the flex, which is kind of my intent most times. Uh, But I could if I want to with Sanders. Stevenson is somebody that I love, especially in this format. And then to still get Gordon uh, as uh, a fifth option, I'm thrilled with uh, with this group. Okay, so Jamie went Taylor with the first pick, Nick Chubb, and then Michael Pittman at the turn. He went four straight wide receivers. Pittman, McLaurin, Michael Thomas, Traylon Burke. So he's strong at receiver. And his running wow. backs are Taylor, Chubb, Miles Sanders, Stevenson, and Gordon. I got a feeling he's not going to be able to get those same receivers again if we if we uh, did another pick-by-pick. Pick. No, no. But that's the evolution of how drafts go. You know, it's why we tell people draft early in some cases and certainly wait in a lot of cases as well. Yep. All right. Timing is everything. The second pick was mine. I took Christian McCaffrey, and then I went Mike Evans, Debo Samuel. So I waited a little bit longer for my RB2. Jamie took his 24th overall. I took mine 47th overall, and that was J.K. Dobbins. I then took Devin Singletary, who, by the way, has led the Bills in rushing three straight years, and he's got great advanced metrics. On paper, he's a terrific player. They don't seem to like him as much. But McCaffrey, J.K. Dobbins, Devin Singletary, Alexander Madison, and Deontay Foreman. And 
I'm fine with it. I mean, look, we can, you can come away with the draft being a little bit weak at running back, pick guys up off waivers, but when you have McCaffrey, I think it allows you to to take more risks. At, you know, at your RB, you know, it allows you to wait a little bit longer at RB two. So uh, McCaffrey, Dobbins in round four, Singletary in round eight, Madison in round ten, Deontay Foreman, who is the handcuff we think to McCaffrey late. Totally fine with that because I have really good wide receivers. I have Evans, Debo Samuel. Chris Godwin, and I have Dalton Schultz, who I like at tight end. Evans and Godwin. Yeah, that was interesting, but Godwin in the fourth round, I couldn't pass up. It's also interesting to go into the season with two injury concerns at running back. I love it, but I know a lot of people are skittish by it, you know, to take McCaffrey and Dobbins. Totally, totally fair. Dave, you had the sixth pick. And I did. you took running backs with your first two picks. Shocker. No way. <laughs> Derrick Henry fell to six. He's my number two overall player, even in full PPR. I am thrilled to get him. And then Fournette was there in round two. I figured that there would be a, a drop-off in tier at running back if I passed on him and took a running back in round three. And I'm picking in the middle of the draft, so it's not like I can really um, try and m- manipulate my decisions based on other managers' needs. So I just went with back-to-back running backs, hope for a really good receiver to follow me in round three. I, I feel like I settled on T. Higgins. If if we did it again, I bet that would be Michael Thomas. So I'd feel a little better if it were Michael Thomas instead of T. Higgins. But I did go receiver, receiver. Uh, I couldn't pass up Justin Herbert in round five. And then another receiver in round six. Uh, and then Hawkinson in round seven. I don't know if I would do that again either. But I basically passed on running back until round eight. And then I started to mix in a few more running backs. I didn't get as many as I normally do. All right, but you have Henry Fournette. Rashad Penny in round eight and Tyler Algier in round 10. So you went two running backs and then you loaded up at other positions, came back with Penny and Algier. Uh, Just two more teams we'll talk about here. Jamie with the seventh pick. I love, love this structure here. Me too. You know, in a three receiver league especially, but I mean, I, I just love the running backs on this team. So you had the seventh pick and you got Najee Harris and then what else? Then, you know, similar to the the previous uh, team in terms of loading up my receiver. I didn't take a, a running back in round two, but Keenan Allen. So I had the choice of Fournette and Saquon Barkley. I took Keenan Allen over him, over those two. Uh, I would do that again. DJ Moore to me is a steal in round three, uh, middle of round three. Love the upside of him. Mm. And then I love Travis Etienne. I would take him in round three to get him in round four. I was thrilled with that. Uh, took Mooney in, in round five. So now I have my three receivers, Keenan Allen, DJ Moore, and Darnell Mooney. And took A.J. Dillon in round six. So then back to the receiver pool again, Devontae Smith, Christian Kirk. Uh, the fourth and fifth and sixth running backs on my team. Uh, two guys I think that can end up being flex options. One for sure in Naeem Hines. I think he's going to be a startable flex in PPR with his role for the Colts. And then J.D. McKissick was the last pick, but I also took Khalil Herbert as a potential lottery ticket as well. So Harris and Etienne are my starters. Dylan is a potential flex, uh, also potential starter as well. And then uh, Hines, Herbert, and McKissick. Yeah, and, and to be so strong at wide receiver, he did wait and take Matthew Stafford and Justin Fields kind of late, but uh, to be so strong a wide receiver and be able to start Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, throw in A.J. Dillon as well as a possible flex, that's terrific. Dave, actually, on his uh, other team, the 12th overall pick, you went with um, no running backs until the end of round three, so you went with uh, Stefan Diggs and Travis Kelsey, And how did your team turn out waiting until rounds three, four, and five to take some running backs? Mostly love this build. But first, a quick observation. Uh, Jame, if you think that Naheem Hines is going to be a startable flex, and I know Mm -hmm. how you feel about Christian McCaffrey, 
I wonder if McCaffrey should be your number one. Oh, I, I struggle with it. I really do. You know, it, it, a lot of it is age uh, and offensive line. You know, so I like the Colts' offensive line slightly better than the the Panthers. Uh, sure. I like the quarterback situation better for the for the Colts. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I mean, I've said this time and time again, you know, I mean, <laughs> I wrote a story in the magazine about why Jonathan Taylor should be number one, but it's, uh, it, it's, it's a, every time I look at my rankings, it's a big dilemma. I, uh, I, I know we did fun facts earlier. Remind but me. Na- Naeem Hines, Naeem Hines really isn't the concern for me for Taylor. No, but if you're, if you're recommending Hines as a, as a flex, then he's got to take away from somebody. Yeah, he takes away from Alec Pierce and Paris Campbell. They don't have a really uh, strong number two receiver. That's true. So they definitely think, don't you know, have that. It also goes back to talking to uh, Marcus Brady and Scotty Montgomery, you know, their offensive coordinator and their running backs coach. And it was, hey, so Jonathan Taylor's going to do this. Yeah, but Naeem Hines is going to do this. Yeah, but Jonathan Taylor, they just love him. They absolutely love what Naeem Hines brings to them uh, as, as a playmaker and as a pass catcher. And I think we're going to see a lot of them on the field together. Does that mean that every time you ask them about Jonathan Taylor, they brought up Naheem Hines? No, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm joking, but it was oh. – they're, they're very, very high on, on Naheem Hines in a separate role. It's not about taking away from Taylor as a ball carrier. It's about what he can do as a pass catcher. All right, remind Dave, let's, me, Adam, can, we, can we talk Adam, about – Adam, remind me to give you a fun fact on McCaffrey because there's something that I, right. I, I did that's debunked one of my strikes against him. Okay. So, right. And, I'm, I, you know, I try to be agnostic when it sure. comes to players. Okay. This team, I started with Diggs and Kelsey, and I'm picking at the end of round one, beginning of round two, every single time. Uh, and I, I purposely did it because I believed that I would like the running backs that were left to me when when I would get to rounds three and four, and that was the case. Ezekiel Elliott, Brees Hall, I fingers crossed that between the two of them, one will be top five or so, top ten, let's call it, and the other one will still be top 15. Those are my top two running backs. I pulled up on Josh Jacobs at the end of round five and uh, went with Thielen at the beginning of round six. I feel a little sketchy about Jacobs as my third running back. Uh, If I had to do it again, I might have picked somebody else. Thielen was legitimately the best available receiver that was there, so I took him. But I felt a lot better about Thielen when I took DeAndre Hopkins in round eight. And so I've got Thielen to start the year. If he falls off or if he gets hurt, I just have to wait for Hopkins to come back. And I think Hopkins can be a usable number two fantasy receiver. I really like the idea of getting Hopkins in round eight. Um, maybe even late round seven at this point. I'm kind of turning the corner on him. Um, Brady, my quarterback in round seven. Love that. Other running backs I took starting in round nine. James Cook, Brian Robinson, and Raheem Mostert. Other receivers I started taking in round 10. Sky Moore, Devontae Parker, and that's it. Those are the only two other receivers I took. All right, the, the, what I want to highlight here with this team is if you have the 12th pick or a late pick and you don't take a running back with either of your first two picks, they went Diggs and Kelsey. He followed that up with Zeke and Brees Hall. Now, ADP would suggest that you cannot get Zeke there as he's going 30th, and that was the 36th pick, but you might be able to get Cam Akers. Dave would not do that. David Montgomery might fall there. Brees Hall will be there, according to ADP, at least as of now. You could take Travis Etienne and Brees Hall. You could take J.K. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson. You could probably find two running backs that you like at the 3-4 turn if you start your team with two non-running backs, and that concludes our pick-by-pick analysis there. I hope that was helpful. Uh, as you get into your drafts. We are going to talk about average draft position. First, we're going to talk about Peloton. You want world-class instructors and experts getting you in shape. You want thousands of live and on-demand classes to choose from. 
You want cycling and strength training, yoga and running. It is all there. And of course, you want to have fun when you're working out. And do you want Jamie to sell you on Peloton? Let's go. Go to OnePeloton.com, O-N.com and learn more. Jamie, why are you sitting down in a chair and not on your Peloton right now? Well, I was going to say, while you guys were babbling about the salary cap draft last night, I was actually doing the salary cap draft while doing a Peloton ride. So I like to do the scenic rides just because it's easy to zone out. We have a desk on our, on our, our four-hour Peloton, so I highly recommend that for those of you who work at home and have the ability to not necessarily sit in front of a screen that people are looking at you. Uh, but if you get the chance to kind of just, you know, take advantage of what Peloton has to offer uh, for us at, in our house, my, myself and my wife, um, and even now we're starting to incorporate our kids uh, using it as well. So they get an opportunity to take advantage of it also. But the classes are amazing. Uh, I like taking classes with uh, Hannah Corbin, Emma Lovewell, uh, Alex Toussaint. My wife loves uh, Alex Toussaint, Andy Spear, two of our favorites. Um, I think I said this on the last time we talked about this. We're on the Peloton app all the time. Uh, at night, we use the meditation classes to help our kids go to sleep. You know, they love it. It's very relaxing. Uh, my wife takes the yoga classes. Uh, she's on a work trip right now. She took the armbands with her, you know, so she does her workouts in the hotel. Easy to get away and, and certainly use the, the, the op- take the opportunity to still get your exercising in, uh, your exercises in, you know, while you're, while you're traveling. Um, if you get to a hotel that has Peloton, you know, take advantage of that as well. It's just, it's everywhere. It's, it's hard to uh, avoid being active as a Peloton member wherever you go. And it's... Um, it's just fantastic, you know, so it's one of the best investments we've ever made. Uh, I'm, I'm staring at the bike right now. I just, I don't want to talk to you guys anymore. I'm going to go take a ride. So, <laughs> Salivating. Um, we, we love Peloton. We're certainly a Peloton family, and I highly recommend it to anybody who gets the opportunity to use it. All right, that's motivation that moves you anytime, anywhere. Try the Peloton bike or tread risk-free for 30 days. Learn more at onepeloton.com, one P-E-L-O-T-O-N.com. New members only. Terms apply. All right, here we go. Average draft position. Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, Najee Harris. This is round one. Uh, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon. That's round one. Taylor, McCaffrey, Eckler, Henry, Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon. Dave, what's your fun fact on Christian McCaffrey? What were my two strikes against him? One is obvious, the injuries. The number two strike is that, well, the coaches might not use him as much because they want to keep him healthy and fit for the course of the season. If they use him as much, he won't be as good. That's actually wrong. Last year, there were two games where he played less than 75% of the snaps and finished. He had at least 24 PPR points in each. In his career, there have been 17 games where he's played between 50 and 75% of the snaps. Only nine times did he have at least 15 PPR points. But 12 of those 17 games were in his rookie year when he was splitting, he was learning. I'm throwing this out. So small sample size, but five career games since his rookie year where he specifically played between 50 and 75% of the snaps. He had at least 22 PPR points and at least 15 non-PPR points Mm. in every game. Wow. So I can't say that Christian McCaffrey is going to be limited and only air quotes, get you 16 or 17 PPR points per game. I can't say that anymore. His track record suggests that even when he's not playing 80% of the snaps, he's still very productive, or at least has the chance to be very productive. Hey, Dave. But that's just an Azer stat. It is. That was good, man. That was, I love it. I'll blow it away. That's great stuff. And everybody knows how great he is. Uh, Christian McCaffrey in non-PPR is the only running back, uh, he and Todd Gurley, the only running backs to average 
more than 22 non-PPR fantasy points per game since LaDainian Tomlinson in 2006. So that's the thing that I want to say about McCaffrey is don't just think of him as completely dominant uh, uh, you know, against everyone in PPR. He was that way in non-PPR too and obviously in half PPR. So it, is anybody taking him, other than Heath, is anybody taking him over Jonathan Taylor right now and would you even, would you consider that in non or half PPR in addition to full PPR? I'm not there yet, but I, like I said, I, I struggle with it. I really, really do. Yeah, It's almost like I want the second pick as opposed to the first pick. Let somebody else decide it for me. Fair enough. Um, Dave, where do you think you're going to end up with McCaffrey in your rankings? He's currently fifth for me, and I know that that's out of line and crazy and whack, but I, I don't think he gets any higher than fourth. I got Jamie's staying up late at night worrying about Taylor versus McCaffrey. Here I am worrying about McCaffrey versus Najee Harris in PPR. That's something that I could potentially do. And it's just like the other thing that I think about is it's what we talked about on the show a couple of days ago. How many games does he have to play in order to justify being your first round pick? And I think the answer, the answer I came up with, I think everybody can have a different answer. Uh, My answer was 11 games. If he were to, if you told me he's playing 11 games this year, and, and not telling me when they were playing, I think I'd, I think I'd move him up considerably. Okay, I think I'm ready to just take the plunge. <laughs> He's definitely going to be one or two for me. Uh, if we look at the well, and, and the other part of it is, uh, do you believe that there are enough running backs through the middle rounds of the fan of your fantasy draft where if McCaffrey were to go down, you would have somebody on your team ready to replace him and be at least at an RB two level. And if you think the answer yeah. to that question is yeah, and the answer to that question really might be yeah this year, then that should embolden you even more to take McCaffrey. Well, I, I think it's not just that, though. It's a matter of, you know, our obviously our, our, our roster builds are typically different. You know, you're going to go a little bit more into that running back pool in the middle of your draft. For me, for example, and it seems like most wide receiver people, I don't know, I don't know the best way to describe it, most people go a little more receiver heavy. Um I'm not going to worry about starting a running back my flex, but I'm going to take a lot more shots at late round guys. So you'll you may not have the security of uh, of a Josh Jacobs or a Rashad Penny. I know you like you know somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Um, to <laughs> the security that. of a Rashad Penny. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying you know you know guys that I get I, it. I, I get. I know you didn't guys. mean like, what I what I said, but you're right. I'm I'm just, I'm just naming <laughs> guys you know that that are in that group of of running backs that you'll typically buy into. Um, for me, like I, I'll, if I draft McCaffrey, like I, the way you built your team, Adam, with the, uh, pick by pick, you didn't necessarily say, okay, I have to have a McCaffrey replacement. No, I just threw, and that's the way I would approach it too. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not drafting to draft a McCaffrey replacement. I like to have one, but it's not going to be my focus. I don't draft McCaffrey and then get terrified and, and say, oh, I'm going to back him up. I got to no be strong. No one will who takes him. If you draft right. him, no just draft him. him with the top two pick. Yeah. If you draft him, just draft him and, and, and do what you would ordinarily do with a stud running back. Don't, don't try to compensate for a potential injury except except maybe taking Deontay Foreman who could be you know an RB2 uh, he's not going to yeah, be Madison, well, but I mean be, look maybe. for what it's worth Mike Davis was an RB2 two years ago when he, he was an RB1 well, he was he finished as a top 12 running back that year it was insane well I mean it was so it was so top it, it was but yeah all right sorry you, you could let's, have just let's passed on. on McCaffrey and drafted Davis <laughs> good call Dave uh the rest of this group Jonathan Taylor is is pretty damn safe and actually 
Got off to a slow start. After the first three weeks, he was even better than his full season numbers, and he started playing a full snapshot, basically, or, you know, full for running. Well, it was, it was weird because they were bad to start the season, and then their final nine games, he had one game over 20 total touches in their first eight. And then their final nine games, he had nine, uh, final eight, he had seven of them. Yeah. And they went six and three, or whatever it was. Uh, no, yeah, final nine games. Sorry, first eight games, they were under, one. first eight games, one game over 20. Last nine games, Eight over twenty total touches, and they were six and three over that stretch. Weren't there rumors in week three that he had a knee injury? You know, I, I remember that. I wait. Tra- I <laughs> traded him in a league. Okay. I'm- oh, sorry. We are going to have a five-hour show. You ready? Let's do the rest of round one. Uh, Taylor McCaffrey, <laughs> Eckler, Derek Henry, Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon. Is there anyone that strikes you as particularly good or bad at their values? Um, no. I mean, obviously, Mixon. He's got the ability to be a top five guy. They're all they're all solid picks. You know, the funny thing is, like, well, if you're if you're concerned okay. about Henry, Mixon is basically a similar version of Henry. You know, you're not going to get a ton of receptions, but he'll catch the ball enough. Uh, he certainly has the ability to find the end zone at the same level. His offensive line is better. His offense is probably better. Um, and he's cheaper. I've been taking Mixon. About sixth overall, I take him ahead of Najee Harris. I take him ahead of Dalvin Cook. I think Cook has more upside, but I'm just scared about all the injuries um, that he he's never played more than 14 games, I think, and played 13 last year. Um, but I love Mixon because I just think he's super safe. Don't think he's nearly as good of a running back as Dalvin Cook, but or Henry, yeah, or Henry, yeah, yeah. And I don't think he has the same touchdown upside as Henry because Henry could get 20, I think, but but. Um, Mixon could be, I don't know, 16, 17. Obviously, they both have touchdown upside, but this will be the best offensive line by far that Joe Mixon has ever run behind. If they're healthy. Yes, even if they're not, he has never had a good offensive line. Um, All right, let's go to round two then. Oh, actually, real quick. So again, it's Taylor, McCaffrey, Eckler, Henry, Najee, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon in round one. Most likely to be a bust. Without Without injury? injury? Without injury, yeah. Can say I'll none. say Mixon. Ugh, uh, without injury, Najee. Okay. And give me a five-second answer. Any chance you think Eckler loses his goal line role? Uh, no. Yes, there's a chance, but no. <laughs> a good, okay, a decent chance. Okay, no. All right, round two running backs, according to Fantasy Pros ADP. What I read might be slightly different than what you're seeing if you're on YouTube, but just slightly different. Uh, it is DeAndre Swift, Nick Chubb in full PPR, 17th overall, Alvin Kamara, 19th overall, Aaron Jones, 20th overall. And again, I mean, I think we all love that value, right? Aaron Jones, 20th? Not as much as Alvin Kamara. Yeah, Kamara and Jones, 19th and 20th. Uh, is that just... Is that something that should really shape your strategy to, to know if you have a middle of the first round pick that you can come back and get one of those guys potentially in the second round? For sure. Yeah. I'm thinking more if you're if your slot is six, seven, eight. That's the middle. So sure. Yes. Yes. I don't know if Kamara's gonna stay there. Because as of now, we're not expecting him to be suspended this year, right? Correct. It does not appear that way. So uh, I'll just finish off real quick. The rest of round two is uh, all of it is 
DeAndre Swift, Nick Chubb, Kamara, Aaron Jones, Javante Williams, and Saquon Barkley and Leonard Fournette. You're not getting those two guys in those spots most likely either. Barkley and Fournette, 23 and 24, yes. basically. Um, this is an interesting round. I mean, there's... It's like, I would say, to sum it up, correct me if I'm wrong, you think Nick Chubb at 17 is too high, Javante Williams at 20 is too high, but everyone else looks like a great value. It's Swift, Kamara, Aaron Jones, Barkley, Fournette, all of them should be round two picks. Easily. So that's a quick summary of it. Dave, you're, you're really high on Kamara. You think people are sleeping on him a little bit? I think everybody is still worried about a suspension happening. Um, the fact that they delayed his case again on August 1st tells me that they're they're probably going to punt this thing to 2023. And there are a lot of people who, a lot of like law pundits who agree with that. So I, I'm putting it on the back burner. I'd be surprised if he's suspended this year. And then the other problem that people have with Kamara is that he didn't catch the ball a lot last year. But he had a 22.2% target share when Jameis Winston played with him last year. His prior career high in target share before that was 21.1% in 2020, which means that he was on pace last year for a career high target share in New Orleans. It doesn't necessarily guarantee that he's going to have a ton, like 100 catches, because they would have to throw the ball more than they have in the past. But he's still getting throws from the quarterback. So he does have a shot to get you 60, 65 receptions. And he averaged 102.8 total yards per game last year. That was his third year in five seasons with a triple-digit average. Um, I'm a little worried about what the wide receivers that they added and Michael Thomas coming back, what that means to Kamara. But he's their lead back. He had a career high in carries last year, carries per game last year. He's going to score a ton of touchdowns. He's got an outside shot at 2,000 total yards. Totally happy taking him in late round one, much less round two. And Jamie, you're a little lower. I mean, are you a little lower? I thought you were on Kamara. You both have no. Made. Following the the news, you know, it, the the three guys that I struggle with are are Jones, Swift, and Kamara. And I think just based on the fact that he's going to play the majority of the season going in, I put him ahead of those two. Oh, okay. So how do you guys rank them, Kamara, Jones, and Swift? That way, Kamara, Swift, Jones. You know, I was reading a. Lions practice report uh, from a few days ago. I think they were scrimmaging. Jamal Williams is still working with the ones. That's uh, okay. That's expected. I, I don't think DeAndre Swift is ever going to be a workhorse. We don't, I don't know that we spend enough time on DeAndre Swift. I feel like I, I say that a lot, <laughs> but well, I think here's, he's really here, interesting. It, here he is in 10 seconds. Great pass catcher out of the backfield, working behind a great offensive line. Still question marks about how he is as a ball carrier and whether he can handle the wear and tear that running backs have. And I think the Lions are worried about that too. He's an injury risk. Yeah, he did but bulk up he's this got, offseason. He's got unbelievable upside. He bulked up to the point where he could maybe handle a little bit more work. Um, okay, Swift. So, Swift, you guys are totally comfortable with him round two. Again, we don't like Nick Chubb at 17, and we don't like Javante Williams. We like Javante in round three, right? I typically would lean the strategy Dave used in the pick-by-pick pick at 12. But if you want to go running back, running back, you should have your choice of two of Kamara, Jones, and Swift. That's a pretty good way to start, too. So let's play an ADP game. Would you rather have Diggs and Kelsey and then yes. and then 
Brees Hall and Travis Etienne. Diggs, Kelsey, Brees Hall, Travis Etienne. Or would you rather have DeAndre Swift, Aaron Jones, and Michael Pittman and DJ Moore? Uh, I would rather have Diggs, Kelsey, Pittman, and Moore. <laughs> <laughs> Pittman, Pittman, I don't think is going to end up staying where he is personally. More, I'm not. I think it's more nah, more gaining steam. People I saw are getting excited in NFC. Michael Pittman is almost around. Is getting close to around two pick. But He's around two for me. All right, fine. Then what if it's? Uh, ah, forget it. I think <laughs> it's too complicated. It's too complicated. No, um, but that could be that could be Michael Thomas and could be um, Kyle Pitts. Thomas right. could be and Pitts. Mike Williams. But I like I like no. that tight end comparison, right? So it's Diggs, Kelsey, Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, yeah. or Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift, Kyle Pitts, and Michael Thomas. I think both are awesome. Both are good, but I'm taking the Diggs, Kelsey. Okay. I'm yeah, taking I'm the Diggs, the, Kelsey. The back there. All right, all right. All right, let's take a look at when, when uh, real quick. When would you take Nick Chubb, who each of the last three seasons has finished as a top twelve running back per game in full PPR, um, even without a lot of catches? And there are going to be more than twelve running backs taken in the first two rounds. I'm guessing it'll be about fifteen or so. That's on a per game basis. Adam? On a per game basis, he has been top twelve every single year. Uh, it's where when would you take Nick Chubb? Jamie took him twenty fourth overall in that pick by pick. Uh, what do you guys think, Nick Chubb? Uh, that's the area, the two-three turn. Okay. All right, let's take a look at round three in average draft position. After a quick break on fantasy football today, we will be right back. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The farmer's dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the Men's Sunday Performance Jogger and don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they're offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. And we're back looking at ADP. Round three in a 12-team league. So this is going to be picks 25 through 36. Round two ended with Barkley and Fournette. Um, who do you like better, by the way, Barkley or Fournette, I should ask? Barkley. 
Fournette. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to shortchange some players because I, we just have to. I'm sorry. We should talk more about Saquon Barkley. Um, we got a, like a thousand more shows before the season starts. But basically, where, where are you comfortable taking Barkley? I'm getting closer to putting Barkley to the aforementioned trio of Kamara, Jones, and Swift. Okay. He's right there for me, but Fournette's a step ahead of him. I'll take the running back in Tampa Bay over the running back in with the Giants. I've heard there have been bad reports about this Giants offense over the last oh, week. I can't excluding even. Barkley. <laughs> I know. It's so bad. Uh would you take Keenan Allen? Terod was getting first team reps. Keenan Allen or Barkley or Fournette? Allen. Fournette. Barkley. Keenan Allen. My, oh no, I'm sorry. I go Barkley. Eh, I go back and forth. I'll say Allen for now. And maybe it depends on who you took in round one, right? <clears throat> yes. How about Barkley, Fournette, Mark Andrews? Uh, Andrews is down for me. Barkley, Fournette, Andrews. Okay, now we're going to take a look at round three. And here are the round three running backs according to Fantasy Pros as of August 10th. It is Ezekiel Elliott, 30th, James Conner, David Montgomery, and Cam Akers, who Dave has 70th overall, and he's going 36th. Um, one thing I don't know is I don't know the date range, so I don't know how much of the Cam Akers ADP is after the quote from Sean McVay last week about having two starting running backs. But the four running backs in this range are Zeke, Connor, Montgomery, and Akers. And this is why people gravitate to wide receiver <laughs> in round three. Uh, what do you think, Dave, of this group of Zeke, Connor, Montgomery, and Akers? They're guys with warts, but they're still acceptable RB2s. And if you decide to go with uh, pass catchers with your first two picks, I think they're acceptable to have on your in your starting lineup. And that's the that's really the bottom line. You don't want to look at it and say, all right, Zeke's my RB1, because you're not going to feel great about that. But Zeke is a starter on my fantasy team. That's acceptable. James Conner is a starter on my fantasy team. Cam Akers is a starter on my fantasy team. You can probably feel okay about that, knowing that you pass up the chance of getting those other running backs early on and you're getting them at a, at a price point that you feel a little bit better about. A um, couple things. Josina Anderson interviewed Cliff Kingsbury uh, at training camp. We had the clip on CBS Sports HQ, and he talked about finding another running back to use in a rotation with James Conner like he had last year with Chase Edmonds and James Conner. So that makes me a little nervous. I still think Conner's going to lead and get all the high-value touches. So whoever they get might catch 40 passes um, that might be where they take away some work from Connor, but I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. But it is something that Kingsbury is talking about is finding another running back from the guys that he has. It sounds like, you know, Benjamin might be in the lead in that role right now. Uh, but that could hurt Connor from being, you know, top five and running back touches on a per game basis over the course of the season. And we talked about Zeke and we talked about David Montgomery. Don't worry about the special team stuff. Montgomery asked to be a part of the special teams practice. Uh, it's not like the coaches said, you stink now, go play special teams. Herbert will take some work away from him. I still expect Montgomery to be the main guy. And I noticed that there's starting to be more video coming out of Cam Akers doing things at camp, and he doesn't look terrible. So I'm probably going to have to rethink my position on completely punting on Akers. I don't know if I'll ever get to a point where I'm taking him in round three, but it, I, I told you I'd keep an eye out for this all preseason. sure. sure. Um, Zeke, Connor, Montgomery, Akers. How do you all rank them? How do you both? You rank just them? did. Um, Connor, 
Montgomery, Aker, Zeke. Wow. So you're really worried about Zeke, it seems, Jamie. Yeah, I just I, I don't trust what I saw last year. I, I trust that Tony Potter will have a bigger role. Uh, I don't think this is as good an offensive line as he's had in the past based on some of the losses that they've had this offseason. And so Zeke is just not somebody that I'm taking. I'm certainly not taking round three. So this is all like a, a, a jumbled group. Uh, Connor, to me, is, is, is ahead of them. So Connor, to me, is closer to the other guys um, in the round two range. But this, this group is, if you're taking them in round three, I think you're making a mistake. James Connor was the second best running back in fantasy in the, in the games that Chase Edmonds missed. So Dave just said they're going to work someone else in. Big question I would have is, is that going to be passing downs or running downs? Um, or just, you know, random downs throughout the... How did they use Chase last year? I think that's well, the blueprint. Mm, the, Chase Never Edmonds. The season, though. But, yeah, that's but... how they started the season. But James Conner was the second or third best pass-blocking running back in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. Um, and he was very efficient catching the ball. So if they say, hey, we're going to split reps, but that doesn't mean that he's going to be off the field on passing downs, because he, he had, like seven catches in nine games or nine catches in seven games with Chase Edmonds, whatever it was, completely uninvolved. But if they say, all right, he's going to have a bigger role in the passing game, that's going to really help him. But we just we just don't know. Hopefully we can find out a little bit. Something. I think that's the role that's in jeopardy with Connor. Yeah. All right, let me Not go. anything um, else. Still 15 touches a game, still goal line work, still feeding him when they've got a lead in a game. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, David Montgomery, do you think he's just kind of a safe RB2 or do you think he has big upside? Safe RB2. Yeah. Okay, let's go to round four. Round four after Cam Akers is at 36th overall. Round four is Antonio Gibson, uh, Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne, and Elijah Mitchell's at the turn, but we'll just stick with... Gibson, Jacobs, and ETN. I know, Jamie, you have ETN as a round. You take him in round three. Uh, And Brees Hall. Brees Hall is in round five. So round five is a pretty exciting round um, for running backs. I guess there aren't too many of them. But uh, you know what? Why don't we compare round four and five? Because obviously these guys could go anywhere, right? Between rounds three and six wouldn't surprise you. But the six or seven running backs we're talking about from rounds four through five are... Jacobs, ETN, sorry, I missed one. Gibson. Gibson, Jacobs, ETN, Elijah Mitchell, Dobbins, Brees Hall. That's six running backs. Jamie, who are the two best in that group? Again, it's Gibson, Jacobs, ETN, Elijah Mitchell, Brees Hall, and J.K. Dobbins. For me, it's ETN and and Hall. Uh, I think ETN will have his role solidified with or without Robinson being ready for the start of the season, which he's trending clearly in the direction of being there. Um, but I think he's just going to be explosive as a pass catcher, and I think he'll do enough as a ball carrier to still be one of the breakout players of the season. And Hall, I think, is going to dominate touches for the Jets. Uh, Michael Carter will have his role, but it will be completely reduced. And so I don't like the Becton injury. I don't like the, you know, talk about offense that's struggling. You know, Zach Wilson not exactly having a great camp. No. But I think Brees Hall is going to make enough plays uh, to be successful enough. I would prefer these guys in round four. They're back in round three picks just based on my rankings. I would probably take receivers over them. Um, but just in terms of where their upside is, I think their upside, like if you tell me it's Brees Hall and Travis Etienne versus Antonio Gibson and Josh Jacobs, I'll take the young guys all day long. Me too. And I think the Jets might get to a point where, first of all, I think their offensive line is still okay. 
without Makai Becton. It would be better if Becton were healthy. There's no that guy is a man and a half. Um, but I think they knew that he could potentially miss time, and I think they're moderately prepared for that. The interior of their own line should still be pretty good. And if Wilson struggles, they might lean on their running backs even more. And so even if there is a situation where Brees Hall is losing more work than we'd like to Michael Carter, they might be seeing enough work from game to game that makes up for that. The volume could be in their favor. I like Brees Hall in that 3-4 turn range for sure. When you look at quality of offense and the positions that are affected, wide receiver is affected by quality of offense a lot more than running back is. And, you know, I've made the, the comparison that Brees Hall and Javante Williams were drafted uh, 30, one was 35th, one was 36th or something like that, you know, obviously in different years. They both were drafted by teams that finished 28th in scoring, you know, the year that, that before they drafted them. Um, and it's not like Denver was so good last year. They were 23rd in scoring. If Javante Williams had gotten a featured role, he could have been a top 12, could have been a top five running back maybe. I mean, who knows? Uh, it's not like the Steelers were so good last year. They were 21st in scoring. And Najee Harris was RB8, I think, per game, but he's top five overall. It touches are more important than offense, you know, for running back, so much more important. Uh, the question, obviously, is if and when that will happen for Brees Hall. But I, I am starting to get fired up for Brees Hall. I just think he is a completely different beast than Michael Carter. Michael Carter has always been a part-time player. Brees Hall is a true workhorse. He has been that in college. His comps are his comp coming out was Jonathan Taylor. Um, I think he's really good. If he had gone to a better situation, mm. people could justify him as a first-round pick in fantasy, I think. Uh, and when you look at the RB dead zone, players that often exceed, or even not, not even the RB dead zone, people that, players that often exceed expectations are rookies. Rookie running backs, they're just, they're just good. You might have to wait, but, I mean, I'm, I don't know, guys. I'm just getting really fired up for Brees Hall. I want to take Brees Hall. In round five, it is a freaking no-brainer for Easy. me. Yeah. I hope I can get him there. But round four, I'd be very, very tempted as well. Um, so just wanted to give that impassioned case for Brees Hall. Uh, so, so do you think Josh Jacobs and Antonio Gibson um, are going to be... <sighs> Headaches? Yeah. Are they going to be... Are they going to be... What's more likely? They are not getting high-value touches and they kind of are just busts and replaceable? or they are established veteran running backs who have had high fantasy finishes and are going to exceed our expectations and we're too worried about it right now? The latter for Jacobs, the former for Gibson. So, okay. I, I would I would say the opposite. I think <laughs> the latter for Gibson and the former for Jacobs. It could go either way. It's really good. And I, it, I think it's going to come down to in-season performance for both. If if Gibson gets his act together, yes, he's going to lose. I think he's. I think the the deal is done. He's not going to regain passing downs work. I think at best he's uh, in in a running downs role. You know, we talked about a little bit like James Conner. I don't think it'll be exactly as you know glorified as James Conner's could be, but could still be in the neighborhood of fifteen touches per game. He caught enough passes on first and second downs to not be totally useless, and he scored a lot of touchdowns. And if he's if he's good and if he's right, I don't care how good Brian Robinson looks in practice. Antonio Gibson's going to have that job. The, the, this coaching staff won't lean on a rookie uh, at the goal line over and over again unless Gibson stinks. And if he stinks, then he might not even play. 
And the same thing for Jacobs. I think Jacobs could have a very quick hook in Las Vegas. We've seen that from Josh McDaniels running backs in the past. But he looked, I mean, he wasn't running against starters in his Hall of Fame game. He looked like he was running with purpose, and he knew that the, the fire on his seat was pretty hot. If he keeps that up all season long, he's he's going to matter. He'll be a number two fantasy running back. If not, you're going to see a lot of Zamir White and a lot of Kenyon Drake and a lot of Amir Abdullah. And you're not going to want a lot of the Raiders running backs on your fantasy team. I just want to point out about Gibson. It wasn't a, it wasn't a James Conner situation where Conner averaged about one catch per game when Chase Edmonds played. When J.D. McKissick played, you still had a guy who was on pace for about 40 catches. Um, so Gibson was still catching some passes, but he was much, much better when McKissick did not play. All right, so let's go to round six. Tell me if you would take any of these guys over Jacobs and Gibson as we go to round six, which is pick 61 through 72. And the running backs there are Clyde Edwards-Elair, A.J. Dillon, um, and Damian Harris, Miles Sanders, and that is it. Four running backs. Clyde, A.J. Dillon, Damian Harris, and Miles Sanders. Jamie, would you take any of them over Josh Jacobs or Antonio Gibson? Uh, Dillon, for sure. Um, you know, I, I think just looking at what his potential role could be as, I think he'd be the leading rusher for the Packers. Wouldn't surprise me, um, you know, just in terms of his rushing yards uh, and potentially rushing touchdowns. I think Aaron Jones will have more total yards and certainly be a significant factor in the passing game while still getting uh, enough of a, a role in the run game. But um, Dylan, to me, is has got uh, tremendous upside. And then you have the lottery ticket appeal to him, too. You know, so if something happens to Aaron Jones, oh, my goodness, he could be just an absolute monster. So. Uh, he's my favorite of that group, and uh, I think, you know, if you're just looking for if – you, if you're concerned about Gibson, you're concerned about Jacob, this is an easy pivot. So uh, he'd be my favorite. But I got to run, so got to go by. I'll see you later. All right. Jamie's going to hop off here. Dave and I will finish the show. Uh, all right. I'll, I'll give a spicy take here. So we look at these four running backs in round six in a 12-team league. They're going between 65th overall and 70th overall, basically. Clyde Edwards-Elair, A.J. Dillon, Damian Harris, Miles Sanders. I hate three of these four values, Dave. I love yes. A.J. Dillon. Love it. Same. Um, I will not take Clyde, Harris, or Sanders in round six. Uh, Sanders no. I would be second for me. How, how do you see this group? No, I think I think we've hit the RB dead zone for 2022. And in the past, it was two rounds higher than where it is now. And this is where I think if, if – if the news continues to be bad for Gibson and Jacobs, this is where they're going to end up. This isn't where Elijah Mitchell should end up. I think he should be slightly ahead of this group. And I think Dylan shouldn't be in this group. I think he should also be slightly ahead of this group. But a lot of running backs that are probably going to be, like I said with Gibson and Jacobs, it's going to be based on in-season performance. Nick Sirianni can, can speak until he's blue in the face about how Miles Sanders is his number one guy. But if he, A, gets hurt, B, struggles, and C, really struggles in the passing game, and I don't even know if they're going to let him get anywhere near the passing game. I I can't see him being a, a running back with lots of high-value touches. That's going to be a problem. Yeah. Uh, Damian Harris, same thing. And, I mean, he just came from – he's in New England. That offense looks like a wreck right now in practice. There's there's definitely a chance that he could get benched at a moment's notice. He's going to need to continue scoring touchdowns. Round six is not the right time to take him especially in full people. Yeah, you don't want to talk ridiculous. about a running back who's not going to catch a lot of passes. It's Damian Harris. Uh, anybody, Edwards Elaire, there might be some rebound potential for Edwards Elaire where you'll feel okay taking him in round six, mm -hmm. but 
I, I feel like there's a quick hook there too. And I feel like the the Chiefs are setting themselves up to continue leaning on Mahomes, which is obvious, but also using like three running backs a week. Mm-hmm. And that just makes Edwards Hilaire trust to trust. Yeah, and if you're looking at the graphic on YouTube, uh, the next running back off the board is 10 picks later after Miles Sanders. So this round six was Clyde, Dylan, Damian Harris, Miles Sanders. 10 picks later is Kareem Hunt. And then right after that is Devin Singletary. I, I guess I've gotten a little bit of cold feet on Singletary just because the reports haven't been great. Yeah, more more so that Zach Moss and James Cook are having roles. But I do like Kareem Hunt a ton at, at 79th or 80th overall. Um, he is a bit of a fallback option for me. Not even a fallback. He's bit, he's part of my running back strategy, Dave. Um, I love Kareem Hunt as a number three or four, depending on how I build my team. In a three-receiver league, he could be my number three running back, and I'm just loading up at receiver. In a two-receiver league, if Kareem Hunt's my number four running back, that's great. If he's my number three, I'm fine with that. But I just think that he's going he's gonna to have a guaranteed role, and he'll have enough catches to be relevant, and he's really good. Um, so I like, I, I don't, yeah, I like him. I, I think he's an important player for me. Uh, Kareem Hunt, he can be a startle. His value could go in so many directions over the next two weeks, because what if the Browns do trade him? Yeah. Or what if the Browns, you know, I'm a little, nah, I'm, I was going to say that Dearness Johnson worries me a little bit, but I mean, we'll see, but he's been a usable number two fantasy running back with potential to be a top five running back when Nick Chubb is out. I think that he's okay to draft in this range. And there will be some people that look at him and they'll weigh him against Miles Sanders and Clyde Edwards-Elair and a couple other names that we gave. And they'll say, give me Hunt. Okay. Um, Another look at average draft position now after round six in the Kareem Hunt range. A lot of wide receivers coming off the board here, by the way. Guys like Darnell Mooney, Adam Thielen, Allen Robinson, DeAndre Hopkins. So still a great area to grab wide receivers if you buy this ADP. Gabriel Davis. Oh, Cordero Patterson I skipped. Um, So Kareem Hunt, Cordero Patterson, Devin Singletary. We're in round seven now. Rashad Penny, Tony Pollard. That's five running backs going toward the end of round seven. And Kareem Hunt, Cordero Patterson, Devin Singletary, Rashad Penny, and Tony Pollard. Who's your favorite in that group of five? It's Penny. We talked about this already. Just the the fact that he can give your team a jump start at the beginning of the season and potentially carry it till his wheels come off. It, it, he's worth this type of a pick. Okay. Um, do you like this group? Do you want to draft this group of Kareem Hunt, Cordaro Patterson, Devin Singletary, Rashad Penny, Tony Pollard? Hunt, yes. Penny, yes. Uh, Edmonds, sort of. Singletary, Pollard, Patterson are all kind of in that mix of, oh, okay, those dudes play running back. They might get me some decent points from week to week. At least in the case of Pollard, there's some pretty, I I shouldn't say just with Pollard, but in Pollard's case, there's some pretty huge upside. I think it's less of a case for Patterson at this point. And um, yeah, I'm I'm not as excited about those guys. Singletary, I was very excited about a few months ago, even after they took James Cook. But now I just, I feel like with, with Cook there, Isaiah McKenzie starting to step up. Zach Moss is going to have a role. They can continue to mitigate the run game in Buffalo, and that would hurt Devin Singletary. And we know what Tony Pollard is without Zeke. I mean, without Zeke, Tony Pollard's going to be incredible. And, you know, Zeke looks like he's fading a little bit late in his career. So it's enticing. But with Zeke, he wasn't really that usable. But maybe he'll catch more passes this year. 
using it in the slot. To. Do you think he's going to have? Do you think Tony Pollard is going to have standalone value at 83rd overall as running back 33? No, I think that that's too soon for the type of return he'll give. He was oh. almost 10 PPR points per game overall last year. Uh, I, I I don't think he might be around there this year if Zeke stays healthy all year. All right, Chase Edmonds is RB34. He is the only running back going around eight. <laughs> Chase Edmonds, RB34. What kind of upside do you think Chase Edmonds has? We saw Chase average 11 PPR points per game last year in Arizona. Obviously, there's there's a skill set to his game that the Dolphins really liked. They prioritized him to get him on the team. I don't I don't I don't view him as a guy who can be a complete back, a full workhorse back. There have been games here and there where he has done that, and he's done really well. He's been productive. I don't think he can hold up. I think he's a passing downs back. I think he's an air back. I think the Dolphins would be wise to use him that way, and I think they're gonna. It, it, it That's part of the case, in my mind, that Miami becomes a, a pass-heavy team, but a lot of those passes are short passes where they're going to ask their pass catchers to make a play after the catch. Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, you know that's going to happen. I think that can happen with Chase Edmonds too. So I'm I'm okay with him in round eight. I like him better as a PPR flex or a low end RB two. Would you take Edmonds or Kareem Hunt? I would take Kareem Hunt. Edmonds or Singletary? Mm, I'm going to look at my rankings just to make sure that this backs it up. I have Edmonds over Singletary by they are back to back. Okay. Nine games in Edmonds' career with double-digit carries. Six of them came last season. If you look at his per-game average for those nine games, again, nine games with double-digit carries, and usually it's, you know, in the 11 to 12, maybe sometimes 15, 16, but we're not talking about a ton of carries. Uh, he's been really good. He's produced like a top-eight running back. His, his points per game in those nine games with double-digit carries, uh, just based on uh, last year's scoring, would have made him RB8. Uh, one negative for Chase Edmonds, Tua Tagovailoa in two seasons so far has not thrown to his running backs much. Running backs had a pretty low target share uh, in 2020. They had a 54, 15, 15.4% target share with Tua compared to 21.4% with Fitzpatrick. That was in 2020, and the trend continued in 2021. Uh, we are going to take a break here on Fantasy Football Today just to give you a quick 30-second Paramount Plus promo. Come back and talk about the running backs going after pick 100. We found your daughter. She's alive. Mister? It's mommy. Four years is a long time. Welcome home. I think something's going on with Esther. She seemed different. Since she got back, there's constant lying. There's outbursts of anger. First kill rated R streaming August 19th on Paramount Plus. Let's take a look at pick 100 and later in running back average draft position. And it starts with number 100 overall, Melvin Gordon. And, you know, he had a pretty damn big role last year. He had 50% of the carries uh, and he missed the game. Melvin Gordon, Ken Walker, James Robinson, Michael Carter. That's that's not bad for pick, you know, for round nine. Melvin Gordon, Ken Walker, James Robinson, Michael Carter. Which one of those four or how many of them are you interested in drafting? I'm interested in a lot of those names. Yeah. I, I think this is this is the right spot to start jumping back into running backs. Um 
Walker's the one I have ranked the highest, but James Robinson is right on his tail. And I continue to be interested in Robinson at this type of a value. We're talking round nine on draft day. I, I mean, there's a chance he could give a return of a round six pick. He can give a return of a round two pick if things break right for him. He does look okay. He does look a, a, a he looks spry. I can't say he looks explosive based on the videos that we've seen. And he has yet to take part in 11 on 11 team drills, I believe, certainly not padded. Mm-hmm. But he's worked with the offense against air. He's He looks like he's ramping up. Wouldn't be surprised if he's the first running back on the field week one for the Jaguars. Okay, that's James Robinson we're talking about here. After Actually, this- I would be surprised if he were the only running back on the field week one for the Jaguars. They should both be on the field pretty much free, every running down. ETN shouldn't come off the field. Uh, okay, let's talk about... Um- I'm actually on the clock right now, Dave. So I'm making a draft pick here. Oh yeah, who are you looking at? Who are you looking at? Can I take Can I take Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon on the same team? Let me give you a stat on that. Pick sixty four. Is there a clock with it? I have three hours and twenty one minutes. I'm going to take AJ Dillon and move it. So you can give me five seconds to find my stat. When they were playing together last year, six games, uh, Jones was averaging 15 PPR points per game. Dylan was averaging 12.3 PPR points per game. They are both. I, I've got Dylan ranked high enough where he's certainly startable along with Aaron Jones. They're, uh, they're, they're, I think most weeks, one of them will be very good mm-hmm. and one won't be. There will be a couple of weeks where they're both good. I don't think there'll be many weeks where they both stink. Yeah, so no, I, I'm no okay way. with that. I, I'm signing off. Thank you. All right, so let's talk about more running backs. Ramondre Stevenson is next here. And by the way, I took A.J. Dillon over Josh Jacobs, so we're putting our money where our mouth is here. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson and James Cook and like Alexander Madison. Like him, too. Ronald Jones. Uh, we we finally found one that I don't like. Daryl Henderson. Potential. Naeem Hines. Hmm. You, you don't like him as much as Jamie does, but no, no. Every year there's hype around Naheem Hines, and every year he's not changing the face of fantasy football. Right. He's just he's gonna have to catch some touchdowns because he might not rush for more than one or two. Uh so Ramondre Stevenson, James Cook. Who would you take if you were on the clock? Or would it depend on who you already have on your team? I'll let you go soon. I know you have to run. Uh Ramondre Stevenson, James Cook, uh, Alexander, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alexander you met, Madison, you Madison, you mentioned Ronald Melvin Jones, Gordon, Daryl no, Henderson. Well, that was uh, earlier Melvin Gordon, Ronald okay. Jones, Daryl Henderson, Naeem Hines. Madison would be top of mind if I had Dalvin Cook, or if I thought Dalvin Cook was going to have a, an absolutely horrid year. And I don't know why anybody would think that, but who knows? Um, Madison would be top of the mind there. But if if it's in a vacuum slash blanket, I I like the upside with James Cook, especially in PPR. He, it would be a different answer in non or half PPR. But I think he, they're going to find a way to get the ball in his hands through the air at least four times per game. And there will be some games where he just has some breakaway plays. He's looked good in practice. The reports say it. The video says it. Uh, I'm interested. I, I'm sure he's going to get playing time in the preseason. It'll be fun to watch him play then. And there's upside for him. If Devin Singletary struggles, if they don't like Devin Singletary, or if they, the coaching staff, when I say they, if the coaching staff begins to build confidence that James Cook could handle a larger workload, I mean, he, he could follow in the footsteps of Alvin Kamara. It's it's the same type of argument 
that Jamie would make for Travis Etienne is that there's just there there's a path there for these running backs who are primarily airbacks, great speed, great hands, but also evidence of them running well in college between the tackles and, and being a traditional running back. If the coaches grant them that opportunity, then they're off to being top 12 fantasy players, especially somebody like Cook in this Buffalo offense that could that's been so score happy for the past couple of seasons. Yeah, and I would say James White's not the worst player to draft and just put in an IR spot. James White, but had not 12. now, not now. Well, you, you can wait another two rounds. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I was 12. just, I was just in the airback conversation. Uh, James White had twelve catches in two games last year, and then he got hurt in week three almost immediately. But um, he's just so good at that. Uh, all right, Dave, yeah, we'll wrap this discussion up. Let's take a look at some noteworthy rookies because we haven't talked about too many. Um, we have obviously talked about Brees Hall. Ken Walker comes off the board about a hundredth overall, but still, you have to be patient with Walker. Still, if you draft Walker. Do not expect him to be uh, a great fantasy option in September. Still haven't gotten to Damian Pierce or Tyler Algier, uh, Rashad White, guys like that. Um, so what about Damian Pierce and Tyler Algier, guys that have the chance to be the starting running back for their teams, Pierce for Houston, Algier for Atlanta pretty early? Uh, who do you like better? I like Pierce better, and I, I spent some time studying these guys and thinking about these guys. And I landed on Pierce as the better one. I don't love either one because I just don't think they're in the best offenses uh, that are, I don't think they'll be conducive for huge fantasy points, but I think Pierce has a, a better chance to get more work than Algier does. I bet Algier ends up splitting all year. You know, he's a big dude. He might remind Arthur Smith of Derrick Henry. I'm going to get a look at him on Friday in the preseason game against the lions might end up writing a story about Tyler Algier and what his his future looks like this year. But Pierce um, dazzled his coaches without pads, and then he put the pads on, and he was even better. So there's there's a real chance that he's the top running back in Houston, but he's the top running back in Houston. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, look, I, he's th- not going to be taking him this back. late. I'm not going to fault you for it. And even in in the salary cap draft we did, I nominated him. I tried to get him on my roster. At a cheap price, I nominated him for four bucks, thinking, "All right, not even Heath, who really likes Damian Pierce, is going to outbid me to get him, and I'll get him for four. Marcus Grant was in our, our mock from NFL.com. He took him for five. I didn't go six. <laughs> okay. Um, and then any other noteworthy handcuffs or rookies? I I take Isaiah Spiller a lot, but it's really as of I don't f- I'm I'm falling out of love. Yeah, with that as of a few days ago, I mean he was working behind Larry Roundtree and Josh Kelly, so that's pro- that might be wishful thinking. Sure, right. Um, and then by by November, he might be the number two running back for the Chargers, but it might not mean anything because Austin Eckler still doing his thing. I don't think you've mentioned Kenneth Gainwell's name, and right now he's no. dealing with an injury, but earlier this offseason, I was way bullish on him. I've cooled off, but I still think he's worth a pick once you get to round 10. Um, I think Michael Carter is worth a pick when you get to round 10. J.D. McKissick has been double-digit PPR points per game each of the last two seasons. I think he's worth a pick when mm. you get to round 10. I just wouldn't expect him to be anything more than a spot starter. Uh, if you're betting against Antonio Gibson, you should be interested in Brian Robinson. If you're betting against Josh Jacobs, you should be getting Zamir White. If you're against Miles Sanders, you should be getting uh, Gainwell. And uh, we, we have to mention Isaiah Pacheco and the fact that he's starting to get some work with the ones in Kansas City. 
Uh, it's fun to think about. He might be worth a buck in a salary cap draft. He's definitely worth your last pick, but I'm, I'm, I think he's going to end up being a kick returner who will have occasional plays on offense, unless, unless the other running backs in Kansas City all stink, and Pacheco proves that he's just he's better than he was at Rutgers. The problem I have with guys like Pacheco or Rashad White or Zamir White, um, Isaiah Spiller. If the starting running back gets hurt, they're going to be in a committee. That's my guess anyway. So if you're evaluating which handcuffs could actually get big roles and are being drafted late, Daryl Henderson is an easy one. Yeah, uh, Mark Ingram might be... But he's be going easy. earlier than that. He's going earlier, but he's still going pretty late. He's still going after pick 100. Um, Barely, yeah. Uh, Isaiah, uh, Sorry, uh, Mar- Mark Ingram could be one. Um, maybe... Uh, there's not that many 27 year old running backs. We probably shouldn't be excited about, but he did pretty well last year when he was, and then he got banged up. Okay. But I'm just saying as a handcuff, you know, he, he's got, I think more potential to, uh, have, have a, you know, a big role. I think Khalil Herbert is the Khalil name. Herbert, bang. Before. I was looking at him and I forgot to say it. Khalil Herbert. That's the one. Absolutely. He's going to have and a Rashad role white. If he earns that injury. role in Tampa is the one too. But, but if, if Rashad, if Fournette gets hurt between Rashad white, and Giovanni Bernard and Keyshawn, and Keyshawn Vaughn. Vaughn. It's probably a combination. But I bet White wins out eventually. Well, let's if hope, I'm in let's a deeper don't league and out. I've got Fournette, I, I, I'll take White very late. All right, thanks but I'm for, not excited um, to draft him early on. Thanks for doing Man, this. We didn't even mention Ty Davis Price. We didn't mention Sony Michelle. I'm sorry. We did run. Didn't out. mention drafting Gus Edwards with your last pick and then just stashing him on your IR. Yeah, you could do that. Didn't mention Benny Snell, Looks Trey like Sermon. Handcuff there. Trey Sermon might be the third down back for the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, that's why I didn't mention Tyrion Davis-Price, because Jeff Wilson is might be a better option than him. That's a that's a jumbled mess if Mitchell gets hurt. We didn't mention Craig Reynolds. All right, we're we didn't out. We didn't mention Avery Williams. We didn't mention, we didn't mention uh, Miles Azer. Hassan Haskins. Asad Haskins is another deeply handcuffed for Derek Henry. We're out of here, everybody. Thank you so much. It's been a long show. We appreciate you hanging with us. We will uh, talk to you tomorrow. I got go Wide receivers on Fantasy Football Today. See ya. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.